0: Welcome to another edition of the SSPX podcast, delivering sermons, lectures, and the spoken word from across the English-speaking world. Today, we'll be speaking with Mr. James Vogel, the editor of Angelus Press, about this year's upcoming Angelus Press Conference and why its topic, life, is so important for 2018. We'll also discuss a little bit of the history of Angelus Press and what its prospects are moving forward. Now our interview. Today on the SSPX podcast, instead of talking with one of our clerics, we are speaking with the editor of Angelus Press, Mr. James Vogel. Hello, Jim. How are you? I'm well. How are you, Andrew? Good. Good. Well, we are getting really close to the annual conference in Kansas City, so wanted to have you on and chat with you a little bit about that. I'm sure you're not busy at all getting ready for this.
1: Uh, yeah, something like that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so this is this is a big year for uh, Angeles Press, not just because of the scope of the conference, but also because Angeles Press is celebrating an anniversary. Is that right? That's right. It
1: is. It is our 40th anniversary, and. Uh you know, the conference, this is our ninth conference, but, um, it's not explicitly a celebration of 40 years of Angelus press, but it is something we plan on commemorating and, uh, is a minor miracle in the modern world that people (laughs) still buy books and read magazines and come to our conference. So, uh, I, you know, we, we are always edified when anybody, uh, buys or comes to anything we do, because, um, if you haven't been paying attention to the news, 2018 is, uh, not a great time to be a, a traditional, Catholic. So, um, you know, it's, it's only, it's only through our lady that, that we have anything going on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's, that is something that, uh, when you want to see divine intervention, you, you, you take a look at the people that are running things and I'm not referring to you, but I'm just referring to the fact that it's a publishing house and it's, it's, it's supposed to be something that's a dying industry. And Angela's Press is still going strong and still one of the flagships for traditional Catholicism and at least in the United States.
1: Yeah, this this actually we're, we're on record to have our best year ever and i I invite anyone who's listening if, if you get discouraged and you start to despair and those are understandable reactions to the world we live in um, come to our warehouse in Kansas City and just just take a look at the uh, the shipping orders because um, you know I, I sometimes wonder who who these people are uh, that are out there still looking for the truth still looking for some sanity and um, you know when when you're tempted to think everything's going wrong, it's nice to know that there are little pockets of hope um and I'm not saying Angela's press is one of those pockets of hope. I think we are, but yeah. there are still people out there who are discovering the mass, discovering tradition, and that that should that should lift everyone's spirits
0: yeah it it does. So you bring up an interesting point. You you have a warehouse in Kansas City, and it was started, but in Dickinson, Texas, some 40 years ago. Can you give me, give us just a brief history? It was what a, a print. I've seen some old pictures. Father Pulvermacher with a printing press. Is is that basically how the Angelus started?
1: Yeah, it's it's a great history because it was really it was kind of Father Bullduck's idea, and then Father Pulvermacher was was the man on the ground. But there was a there was a huge staff of volunteers in the early days, and they uh, w- without them, uh, Angelus Press would would not be what it is. They they did all the heavy lifting back in the the late 70s and early 80s. They were printing and stapling and binding things. They had very humble beginnings. And again, it's it's totally providence. There's there's no human reason that an enterprise like that should have become what Angelus Press is today. So, yeah, without without that early band of brave and devoted volunteers, not, nothing we're talking about today would have been possible.
0: That's great. And and you fast forward 40 years and the Angelus, which is the name of the magazine itself, The Angelus, that it is still going right. strong and, and putting out issues. And there's a growing staff putting on conferences and putting out publications and, and things. Things are looking really promising for, for the organization, which is which is a blessing.
1: They are. And it's, uh, you know, we, we have, so right, we have the warehouse in Kansas City. We have our offices in St. Mary's, but we've also got a team of employees sort of spread around the country, whether they're translators or editors or writers. Um, uh, modern technology does allow us to uh, make use of of talent no matter where they are i mean look you're you're sitting in phoenix recording this podcast and the podcast is another example of something relatively new that we're doing right. uh, and i'm i'm sitting in kansas so we have some pretty big plans i think as long as we stay faithful to what the original mission evangelist press was we'll we'll continue to grow god willing and you know try to reach as many souls as we can
0: i was talking with father robinson a few weeks ago and and uh we, he, he drew the beautiful analogy as of as long as your will and God's will are in alignment, then there's there's no stopping what could happen. So uh, with with that said, I wanted to pivot a little bit towards the conference. So we brought up right. the, the Angelus, which is the magazine that many people are familiar with. Recent issue, July, August issue, um, touched on the topic of life, um, which right. is obviously a huge issue. And that is the topic of the conference for this ninth year, um, October 12th through the 14th in Kansas City. Why the topic life? Why Why this year? Okay.
1: So uh, two things that I want to say here. The first is that we've always tried to, to use a theme for our conferences. So we've done conferences in the past on Our Lady and on uh, the Mass and on the, uh, the missions. So, you know, when we were talking last year about what the theme would be for this year, someone pointed out that it was the 50th anniversary of Humanae Vitae. Really what we decided was we'll, we'll take this anniversary as an occasion to talk about what the church teaches on life in general. Because when when, when people hear, the church's teaching on life often they think first of things like abortion and contraception, and and those are clearly uh, let's say probably the most uh, important things, especially in 2018. But we also suspected that you know most people don't need to hear a lecture on why abortion is evil. Mm-hmm. Um, traditional Catholics, conservative Catholics. Uh, they already know that. What we're trying to do is look at the the, the broad scope of what the church teaches on life. Everything from the end of life issues like do not resuscitate orders to the, the debate about ordinary and extraordinary means of preserving life to just war theory to what it's like to try to be a Catholic doctor in the modern world. But that's that's the theme of the conference. What does the church teach about life in all of its facets? That's
0: not not a heavy thing to uh, to try and tackle at all and and i'm looking at the I'm looking at the website and the the lineup and the, the right. topics, which is at angeluspress.org/conference, talking about warfare, talking about immigration, talking about mental health, capital right. punishment. I, I was talking to some friends and I said, I, I I know I help with a lot of Angelus Press stuff, but guys, no, really, this is this is the best lineup I think they've ever done. This is this is going to be great.
1: I think so. I hope so. It's certainly the most, in a way, provocative lineup that we've had because, sure. uh, for instance, when, when we planned this conference, we had obviously no idea that the Holy Father would change the, the catechism when it comes to something like capital punishment. We were going to have a talk on that anyway. But that suddenly becomes a lot more relevant right. when the official catechism is changed. So and obviously the current situation in the church uh, will probably raise a lot of good questions too. So you know, these aren't happy circumstances in the sense of they're not good for the right. universal right. church necessarily. Right. But they, they do make our conference more relevant than even when we planned it. I'm not primarily here to, to sell the conference. Um, well, okay, I actually am here to sell the conference. <laughs> Um, wh- whether you, you you can make it in person or you can buy the talks afterwards, I do think th- there's something kind of for everyone here. You brought up, you mentioned the the mental health question. I think that's that is a topic of some debate uh, you know among traditional Catholics. Yeah. You know, what what are the limits of psychology and can you trust? people uh, in, the, in the mental health field what what should traditional Catholics even think about the question of mental health so that's a pretty unique topic it is broadly connected to the question of life and uh, what I always tell people who are wondering about whether they should attend is that you might not appreciate every talk there might be some talks that are not interesting to you but I I, I can almost guarantee that there's there's something for everyone I think I think we try to balance our, our talks appropriately
0: so I, I wanted to go back uh, real quick Jim to talking about humane Vitae, and, and this is right. something when when I hear or when I see reference to encyclicals that were uh, promulgated post-Vatican II, I, right. I instantly go, all right, not so great. I mean, that's just kind of my knee-jerk reaction, having, right. having been right, right, right. brought up in, in, you know, cradle traditional Catholicism. Right. Right. And I'm embarrassed to say this. It's only been in this past year that I've realized that there was a there was a decent amount of, of good things in Humanae Vitae, which uh, Pope Paul VI uh, put out. Is that fair to say?
1: In a way, yeah. I mean, what what Humanae Vitae is known for most famously is its condemnation of, of artificial birth control, and that's certainly something that traditional Catholics can can applaud and celebrate and and defend. Uh, it, it was it was controversial. Uh, even at its time. And there are some in the church who would like to even change that teaching. So that kind of shows you how far things have gone when now even Humanae Vitae is considered this you know, trad and cyclical by 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 uh, people on the left <laughs> in the church. Right. We're we're going to get into this at the conference. Yeah, there there are some issues that need to be discussed. So you know, there's the traditional understanding of the the order of the ends of marriage. Re, uh, the primary end of marriage is the procreation and education of children, and the secondary end is the mutual support of the spouses. Now, that got muddied and even reversed uh, in, in in subsequent years. So just taking the occasion of Humane Vitae to to clarify. These things and to help people uh, learn how to explain these some, sometimes complicated distinctions to to other Catholics or people in the world. Um, Humanae Vitae in the end is, is a lot more than just condemning artificial contraception. Right, so.
0: and His Excellency Bishop Fillet, Bishop Bernard Fillet will be at the conference for the first time in several years. Uh, he'll be giving the talk on Humanae Vitae. He's calling it 50 years since Humanae Vitae, where's the church today? That'll be the Saturday evening conference. Excited to be able to see him again uh, in Kansas City at the conference, the now former superior general.
1: When we planned this conference, he, he was the superior general. Right. Now, now, he, now he's a counselor to the superior general um, but uh, fortunately, his talk uh, will be uh, the same. His, his talks have always been well-received and we're honored to have his excellency. Hopefully he's a little better rested without uh, <laughs> without being the superior general. Yeah, it, being superior general for 24 years is uh, it's, it's taxing, I, I imagine.
0: Yeah, you, you think. You mentioned earlier on that some of these talks might be controversial. Um, I would gather so, uh, because we'll be talking about warfare, we'll be talking about immigration, talking about capital punishment. And, and I know that Angel's Press, the SSPX, this conference, it's not there to try and, well, we're gonna put out this statement and see how it sells. It's, it's not that, it's, it's talking about church teaching, but do you think that there are a lot of misconceptions? Is, is that why you, you say that these topics will be controversial, that there's misconceptions about some of these questions about you know cap, capital punishment, immigration, war, et cetera?
1: I do, and I, you know, we, we've tackled some of these issues in, in the in the Angeles and on the website, and well, two things to keep in mind. One is that maybe something interesting for people listening to the podcast. It's it's not all traditional Catholics necessarily who come to our conference. Uh, I would say it's mainly traditional Catholics, and and I know one of the reasons people like to come is because living in the modern world, you don't often have people of like mind that you can just sit down and have a human conversation with, right? Um, but we we do get a fairly diverse crowd of, of of people, so we assume we're starting from ground zero. So when you when you bring up a topic like capital punishment or just war, um, we're assuming that the attendees might be confused. Maybe they've heard different things. When when I say controversial, it's because uh, you can see this from from the recent change uh, in the catechism on on capital punishment. Um, A lot of people see that and they're just confused. They don't know what to think. Now, am I obliged as a Catholic to believe that capital punishment is inadmissible? Um, Maybe I don't know what the church taught about capital punishment throughout history. Maybe, but now suddenly a talk that was in my mind not going to be one of the more controversial talks might be one of the most controversial talks because now we explain to people what the church has always taught and, and what level of assent they have to give to the new catechism if the Pope decides to change it. So it's it's in that sense that I say it's it's controversial because there will be people there coming to the conference to learn not just how to explain it to other people. That's a secondary thing but w- what am I supposed to think and, right. it, You know, and even for myself? These are not easy issues. That's the reason we have a conference. I mean, you're right. If we wanted to just pack the room and and make a lot of money, we we would choose different topics. But one of the best things about the conference to me is, is hearing the conversations after the talks, hearing people talk about what line or what argument a speaker made that made them sort of start to think. And that happens a lot. There's a lot of conviviality. I mean, I can almost say that the talks are the central point of the conference, but in a way they're not even necessarily the most important because it's that camaraderie and conviviality that comes with the people being in the same place for a weekend right. and sitting down and starting to chew on what you heard and, and, and talk about it with other people. And that's one of the reasons I encourage people to attend. I know I know uh, there are some who can't and that's why we sell the audio afterwards, but there really is something about physically being there with a lot of, I'm a, I'm a bad marketer, but I have seen this tangibly every year, almost every talk, seeing the people discuss it.
0: I would say you're a fairly decent marketer, Jim, because that was exactly what I wanted to talk about next was, was that whole being part of the conference. Wanted wanted to in our last few minutes here talk about the that whole atmosphere. We're not just going to be sitting in a room listening to doctors and professionals and the bishop and different priests talking. Yeah. There are other things planned. There's meals. There's trivia night. There's socialization. Can you talk on yep. talk on some of the intangibles of the conference a little bit to kind of give people a sense of what they will um, see and feel and be exposed to during during the conference?
1: Right. So that's a good point And it's a good question. We try to stagger the schedule in such a way that people have a lot of time to visit our vendors and, and talk to one another and, and not have a frenzied pace uh, surrounding the weekend. You know, we have the, the Pontifical High Mass on Sunday at, at one of the few true beautiful churches the society has in America. Mm-hmm. I hope no one's offended by that. But <laughs> St. Vincent de Paul in Kansas City is actually an old Big, beautiful Catholic church. Yes, we don't have very many of those. Um, and so, what what I've noticed over the years is that a lot of people who come to the conference. Um, almost come primarily for, for that, that sense of, you know, you're living out in the world scattered across the country. You might have to drive a long way to mass on Sunday, but for at least three days, you can be around your, your, your comrades in arms, so to speak. And we have a trivia night and we try to encourage people to get together. And I think this year we're actually planning some things for the youth as well. Oh, good. Um, I mean, we always have a lot of schools and send students, but you know, we're trying to emphasize the social nature of, of our conference as well, because each it is hard to be a traditional Catholic in 2018. You and me sitting on this on this phone call, you know, we, we live in places where we live close to priories and we have daily mass, and we have schools and, and so on. But a lot of people out there don't have that community life. They're not used to being around fellow traditional Catholics every day.
0: I was talking with a young lady from Georgia. Last year, who came to our conference? She goes to our, our chapel in Atlanta, uh, but yep. she lives fairly far away, rural, and goes. There are a lot of people here, and and she said it in the sense of there's a lot of people like me here. It, it was almost hit this light in her eyes of this is fantastic. So so that's why that's why I say it's sort of an intangible, but it's once you get to the conference, it's really not. If if you're someone who is is living a couple hours from from a priory or or like you said has mass, maybe once right. every two weeks or something like this. This is such right. a beautiful event to, to come and be a part of.
1: No, and, and if I can brag, we have actually had marriages that have occurred as a result of people meeting at the conference. That's awesome. It's not why we do it. Right. I'm not advertising our conference <laughs> as a matchmaking service. That's not our business. But right. yeah, I mean, people who live in far-flung places, common, it, it has happened that they meet someone of like mind and they stay in touch and then... They get married. So I do think the social aspect is something we we try to focus on because this is not something we realized when we first uh, started these conferences. But uh, there's a lot of people out there thirsty for just normal human interaction with like-minded people. And we, we, try, to, we try to help, we, we, we try to encourage that.
0: That's great. Well, Jim, thank you so much for the time. There's more information about the conference as well at angeluspressorg conference. You can see the lineup, see a video. It kind of gives you a sense of, of what it's like. There are some seats still available. Also, if you are not able to make it and if you're feeling exceptionally generous, what you can do also is uh, donate a ticket for one of the religious to go. Angel's Press does not charge for the religious to attend or for priests to attend, um, but they do accept donations to help defray the cost. Is that right?
1: That, that is correct. And, you know, you'd be surprised sometimes how many priests and seminarians and religious would love to come and they can't. Because they can't afford it, so we we don't charge them. We don't charge them any money to come to the conference. In fact, we we subsidize them because the one one of the main apostolates of the society and and you know even the reason for its being and by extension Angelus Press is is to help the priests. So that that is an important thing. Uh, we we try to help as many of them as as want to come. And I would point out the other thing, which is yes, we still have some room. It's it's getting tight, but. If we sell out, we've done this I think two years. Uh, we will live stream the, uh, the 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 conferences, but that's only if we sell out. So uh, if you're sitting on the fence, I would encourage you to register because there's no guarantee that we will live stream the conferences. Right. And and again, uh, that circles back to the whole socialization aspect too. And I'm not bragging uh, on behalf of Angelus Press, but I, I've yet to meet a person in eight years of doing this that regretted coming to the conference. So if you have any doubts, call the Angelus Press uh, team and feel free to ask questions if you if you do have some concerns or doubts or if you're you're on the fence, let, let us let us help you get off the fence one way or another.
0: Well, I, this was this is a great chat and and just in closing, I want to say we talked about the conference today. This is one aspect of what Angelus Press does as an apostolate, I hope that we can chat again soon in the future and talk a little bit more about all the different things that Angela's press does. Yes, there's the magazine. Yes, there's books. Yes, there's the conference. I think those are the things that people really know, but there's so much more to it. So I'd love to chat with you again here in the next couple, three weeks, maybe once the conference yeah, is done and once you can take a breath. Let's, let's,
1: <laughs> Let's do that because th- this podcast is one of the, the new things that we're doing. And again, we're, we're trying to uh, we're trying to reach people in any way we can. If any of you out there have suggestions, the, the, the man interviewing me is uh, helping. He helps with our social media outreach. And obviously, we're, we're doing the podcast now. We're starting to do more videos. So if you have ideas or suggestions, we're always happy to hear them.
0: And, and donations are helpful, too. Just saying.
1: They, they do help. They <laughs> really do. They they, they enable things like this conversation.
0: (laughs) Exactly. All right, Jim, well, I won't take any more of your time. Thanks so much. And uh, we will see you at the conference. All right. God bless. You too. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe and rate the podcast so that more people can hear the beauty and truth of traditional Catholicism. For more news, resources, and updates, you can visit the U.S. District website at sspx.org or the English News website of the Society at fsspx.news.